Hello, everyone, and welcome to Butterfly Kisses. This is Amy Gray Cunningham, your host. Today, we are joined by Dr. Vic, who is a former certified pediatric chiropractor who became a business mindset coach. Not something I would put two and two together, but we're going to ask him what, how that happened and where that came about. He is the author of three books, which most re recently he just uh, released his third book, Decoding the Matrix, which I have several questions for him about that, which is going to be awesome. Dr. Vic is the creator and owner of the Mindful Experiment podcast and has been ranked in the top 1% of podcasts globally from listennotes.com. I love it. A fellow podcaster. I love it. His unique and diverse background has allowed him to help his clients become more whole and lead to a more fulfilling life through leveraging their own mind and reframing their mindsets. Dr. Vic does it does this through helping his clients become aware of their limiting beliefs, habits, and standards, and the stories they tell themselves. I don't have any stories that I tell myself. I don't know what he's talking about, but we'll, we'll, we'll see more. <laughs> Once they're aware, then he shares how they can reframe, change, and create beliefs that supports their dreams. So please help me welcome Dr. Vic to Butterfly Kisses. Amy, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you joining us. That was an interesting intro, I have to say. <laughs> shock and awe is my game, you know, shock I and awe is my game. Like, how in the world did you go from a pediatric chiropractor to a mindset coach? I, I love mean, this. I, I love this question. It's because it, it, it's too opposite. Well, it's not opposite in some ways, because once I share the story, you'll, you'll see it. But, wait, um, it, you know, have you ever have you ever read um, Stephen King's memoir? Mm mm. And how he actually writes books. I have not. You should read it one time. Basically, he takes something and something and throws it together and makes a book. And that's kind of what I think about when I read your your bio. I was Interesting. like, it's a Stephen King novel. I'm going to have to check that out now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, my, my journey in chiropractic, when I got to chiropractic school, um, I wanted to understand the depths of healing. So unfortunately, when I got to chiropractic school, it was very, in the beginning, very medical. It's like becoming a medical doctor. I mean, it's the same curriculum for about up the first year and a half. And before I got into chiropractic school, my chiropractor taught me a little bit about the philosophy of chiropractic and all these different things. So it was like different than what people would think chiropractic is. It's, you know, there's a healing potential to this. There's, there's this, uh, you know, a lot of universal law or universal principles and all these different things. And then here I go to chiropractic school and it's all science, left brain dominant. This is how things are. So I went into, I started studying energy medicine because I want to understand deeper aspects of them. Became a Reiki master and trainer and all those kind of things. But there was something that always stood out to me in chiropractic that I learned. Um, what we do as chiropractors is, you know, when you get an adjustment from a chiropractor, <clears throat> what we're doing is, is we're removing something called a subluxation. It's a very fancy word, but it's just, uh, it just means miscommunication between the brain and the body. Some of information, the, the impulses are just not getting crystally clear to each other. And so, but what we learned through our philosophy is that 80% of the time, what causes those things is mental, emotional stressors. So right off the bat, I wanted to, I was like, okay, well, that's, I can do certain things, but I want to understand why that's showing up in people's lives. So between the energy medicine, and then I, you know, learning and wanting to understand more in depth of how just life works, how the mind works, you know, the, the, I want to understand how life works. So from that desire or choice, that led me to um, going and tapping into the mind. 
But as a chiropractor, we're really brain doctors. So I studied a lot in neurology, functional neurology, neuroscience, all this fun stuff. And I started to learn how the brain works. And after I got out of chiropractic school, for my own success that I wanted to create, I said, I got to get in here and figure out, you know, mindset's everything. So how do I tap in and figure these things out? And so I started studying behavioral psychology and all this behavioral neurology, just understanding how things work and asset and then tying in the energy principles and energy medicines that I learned, spiritual truths and so forth. And I started to pull in universal laws that I was studying back in chiropractic school and, and so forth that I started to try to put this all together and say, how can I create success for myself? Because I was the first doctor in my family. I don't come from, uh, I, didn't, I don't come from family, very blue collar family. I don't come from money, uh, very blue collar family. I come from family, trust me, I have family. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But we come, I come from a very blue collar family. And so it, it, it was one of those things where I didn't want to have those same experiences. And so I started to say, well, well, there's this, there's, there's these rules to this game called life. And I'm going to try and figure these out. So that's what ended up happening. But as I was starting to get my own success in my business and hitting my financial peaks and recalibrating my whole entire business to really serve me rather than doing what I was told, being the conditioning that I had, um, there came a point where my reach was going to be limited. I knew that like I had a very successful chiropractic office, but the problem was, is I, I, I just had this big vision and, and dream of what I want to achieve in this life and this lifetime that I have. And uh, I just knew my reach was not being met. And mm -hmm. so there came a point where I said, you know what, I'm going to start doing coaching. Uh, I, I figured this thing out. I got tired of hearing the self-help personal development, top business and entrepreneur people telling you what you should be doing and telling everyone tells you, uh, what to think rather than how to think, right? Here's the three things to do this. Here's the five. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with those things. I sometimes do those too, um, because we live in a world that's conditioned that way, but that's not teaching people how to really be them and to share their uniqueness. And so I got to a point where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start doing this. And then three and a half years ago, I made the decision to be a coach, uh, specifically business mindset coach. And then six months ago, my wife and I moved out of state. We're from Chicago originally, and we moved to Knoxville, Tennessee. And that's when I went into full-time coaching. And so it's been, uh, that's pretty much the, the story of how that whole transition came about. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I've, I've been to several chiropractors before and never would I have thought that they would become a mindset coach at all. <laughs> I've heard that phrase many different times, especially when patients come to my office and, and all of a sudden they're like coming in for pain or if I'm working with a child with something and I'm like, listen, that's not the issue. It's the brain we have to work on. I go, you probably, I go, most people think of chiropractors, neck pain, back pain, headaches of some sort. And that's what we serve and help with. I go, we're really rewiring the brain to help you adapt better to your environment, which allows you to be healthier. Cause if when we adapt, that's actually, you can, you're actually healthier. You thrive more. You're in a thriving, you will thrive more in your environment. When we don't adapt, we not. and that's what Charles Darwin talked about when it came mm -hmm. to, you know, everyone remembers survival of the fittest or, you know, the, who the strongest will survive, whatever those, those phrases were. He never said those. If you ever read the actual quote, he says, it's not the fastest or the strongest that's going to survive. It's the one who can adapt. That was his quote. And so it's, when you look at that, it's like, Oh yeah. The one who can adapt. And it makes sense in life, right? Think about it in business. Think about it in relationships. Think about it in your own health. If you can't adapt to your environment, you're not going to, you're going to cease or the, the, the relationship's going to see everything. It won't thrive. It's going to be in a very survival uh, uh, aspect rather than a thriving. All right. What are some ways that people can adapt to their environment? Oh, well, I mean, besides chiropractic, um, <laughs> here, 
you know, honestly, there's, you know, from a mindset perspective, we mm-hmm. always have to find how do we neutralize our nervous system? How do we get back to center? Right. We are living so much in what part of your nervous system is called the sympathetic, which is that fight, freeze or fight mode, flight mode. Mm-hmm. And so when you go in that state of mind, you can't be in a state of growth. You just can't. That's survival. That's your nervous system. That's all about survival. It is the same. There's there's levels of degrees to the response, but it is the response of seeing a lion in front of you, a lion in front of you. Uh, and, and you're just all of a sudden it kicks in gear. Right now, there's degrees to that because you may not have that full on you know, dry the nervous system firing in that full load mode, but we're living in that every single day. I mean, I saw this, we are so conditioned as a society now that I saw children, this is what pushed me into pediatrics. We have certain technologies we can check and see that. And I would see children being born and they're already stuck in this mode. That breaks my heart because that's our future. Wow. And to see them stuck in there, they're already trained because we know that the nervous system is learning while they're in the womb. We know this now, 100% for sure. And the science has supported this. And so now we're looking going, wow, we do imprints while the baby's in the womb. Personalities develop in the womb. Wow, their conditioning starts in the womb. This is crazy. So then it's like, and I'm and as I'm sharing this with the recording, I'm, my wife's about two weeks away from having our first child. So Yay, um, congratulations. Oh, I'm so excited. And it's one of those things where when we, when we found out she was pregnant, I would say, okay, honey, from this moment on, we have to be more mindful. We have to be more certain ways. I'm like, cause she's, we're going to have a daughter, we're going to have a girl. And I'm like, she is going to be, we we're conditioning her here on out. So uh, even though in this, I said, but we're going to fail it. We're going to mess up either way. I, like, we can't always be on our A game, but, um, but so the ways I teach and share, you got to neutralize your nervous system. And there's a lot of things you can do. The easiest thing to do if you're, no matter where you are, take a cold shower, jump in cold water. You're going to, no matter what you're worrying about, what you're stressed about, wherever your nervous system's at, um, your brain's going to have to shut all that off to go into survival. And once it does that, you forget about what you're putting energy to. Because now you're just like, I need to get, I'm, I'm in a just stressful situation. I got I to gotta survive here. This is where my energy needs to go. And so then once you get out of that, your worries, your stuff, all that stuff is not there anymore your bad mood, what was bothering you, it, it can't exist because you, you, your brain can't be in two places at the same, it can't focus on two things at the same time um, or your consciousness, I should say. And so when you, when you think about that, that's something you can do. There's breath work that you can do, right? Breathing, there's a part of your brain on the top part of your midbrain called, uh, it's called the breath, it's called the breath pacemaker. It's a cluster of neurons that re- pick up on your rep- how much your breathing pattern is going, how fast you're breathing, how deep you're going, it picks up on all these different things. And it alters the nervous system to respond to that. That's why like in Hindu practicing and, uh, you know, if, or in certain practices in Buddhism, they'll talk about the breath being the life force and how you breathe is how you live. I mean, these are, there's truth to that. Like this is four or 5,000 years ago, they were saying this, and now we have the neurology to prove that. Like, oh my God, they were right. And so doing practices of breath work, and it doesn't matter which one, there's so many that are out there. And, and I always tell people, don't get caught up into whatever the fat is, just do what works for you because it all works. It's just like mm-hmm. energy work. When I did, I studied 10 to 12 different energy metas, uh, uh, modalities to figure out how I can alter energy and help somebody. But after about the 10th, 11th, I did one more just to see. It really, it's like language. It's just different ways we can communicate. It's all working with energy at the end of the day. It's just which one you like, which one do you prefer? And so there's a, those are just a couple there. I can create a whole longer list, but I, I think that's, that's a good starting point, at least. What do you mean by energy? Energy? Like when I talk about energy healing and stuff like that? 
Yes. So just the vibration of where someone's at. I know, and this is something hard because we can't measure this. So we measure, mm-hmm. mention energy, but if you want to break it down to the most simplest form of what we can talk about, if you think of uh, an atom, right? You have the electrons going around, you have the proton neutrons in the middle of that. There, there is a force, there's a vibration that has them go to a certain point, right? Because sometimes I'll ask people like, what's the difference between lead and gold and, and you know, let's say copper? Why? And they'll be like, oh, it's so the molecular structure, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, but what binds that together to show that to show up that way? Well, this is the electromagnetic forces and they do this and this. And I'm like, okay. And I'll be like, that's the, what's that force? Well, it's just a force that we know that that's, that exists. You know, when you look really down to it, this was just this, this force that, you know, electromagnetic forces that bind things and hold things together. That's energy. Now, when I say vibration, you can think of it as, although we don't have any tools to really measure this, you can think of a vibration as like when you're at a higher vibe or doing things like that, you're going to be more vibrant. There's more positive emotions that show up. There's more, um, you have more magnitude, you know, creating more of what it is you desire. It's your life force that comes out more. When we're in a negative or lower vibrational state, these are things that are going to be like, you'll feel it. You'll be in a lower emotional state. You don't have that vibrancy, uh, the lack of joy in life and stuff like that. So these energies are different aspects to what um, have a certain coding or a vibration to. And there's some people that have come out and actually kind of put a scientific spin to it. Like uh, one of the books that changed my life was Dr. David Hawkins, Power Versus Force, where he actually used muscle testing for over 30 years of research to show, he called it conscious levels or kind of uses conscious technology. I just took that and it just made sense to me to call it vibration. Now, I'm not saying that's what he says. It's just how I, what I interpret it as. Mm-hmm. And you can actually figure out where these levels are. Then there's another guy, doctor came out, Dr. Uh, Masuru Emoto, the message, uh, the hidden messages of water. Mm-hmm. That is a pure example. So if somebody wants to like say, well, what's energy? How can I understand? It's just a term that's being thrown out there. Well, there's now you can look and see how energy influences water, how this consciousness influence water to change the molecular structure that's energy because look at the energies at a different level we can do that um one more just to share for your listeners there's something called somatics i don't know if you've ever heard of that mm-hmm. I right have. the vibe you have what i have, i've heard of somatics but if, yeah so it's very that. fascinating right you change the frequency yeah. of something and all of a sudden a, a different a sacred sacred, uh, sacred geometry just a geometrical shape changes on there with mm-hmm. sand right and so that's energy so different states have different geometrical shapes. Well, that can play a role in different, different vibrations of an energy has different emotions and has different X, Y, Z and so forth. It's amazing what we've done, what we can do with science now to prove the things that people have been saying. Oh, well, well it's just like uh, I had, I put a post on Facebook a couple of days ago and I was just asking like, Hey, why does a law of attraction work for some and not for others? And I always just, I'll, I, I know, I already know these things, but it's like, I'm just curious to see what people say. And it's interesting what, what came up and some people were like, well, and somebody was saying like, it's a false doctrine or something. And I was like, well, do you believe in the law of gravity? I mean, and they're like, well, yeah, but gravity has been tested, proven, reputable this. And I was going, what do you think the law of attraction is? Like, it's called a law for a reason. And like, what studies? I said, the observer effect, just go study that. You'll, you'll see it right there. That's that what, that would have showed how the law of, <clears throat> excuse me, the law of attraction is not just something out there. It's actually a scientific principle that we can support now to say, wow. And I love learning this stuff because you look back four or 5,000 years ago, they knew this already. Mm-hmm. They shared this stuff already. Mm-hmm. Now here we are as humans thinking, oh my God, look at our great science. It's showing all this. And <laughs> I, I would love to know what they're thinking. Like, yeah, we've been saying that for how long now? <laughs> yeah. You needed You're that validation. <laughs> it really is because like a lot of times when I share stuff, 
even chiropractic, like a lot of the principles I'll share in chiropractic, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, tone and the vibration or the tone of where the nervous system is. And that still to the day, we don't know if he was meaning that from a vibrational standpoint, a consciousness level standpoint, we don't know, but he was very in the energy medicine, the the creator of chiropractic. But I'll tell people, he talked about nervous system back in 1895 that we are uncovering the last 10 years have been proving that to be correct. 1895, he didn't even have the science and all the understanding of how the brain works and all this, but he knew somehow, some way that he was guided in some way to know those kind of things. Or even some of the research I'll share, I'm like, how the nervous system works in certain ways. And I'm like, yeah, this research is from like 1920. You know, I'm, I'm not going back 5,000 years ago. Um, but, you know, hypocrisy said, you know, the cause, look, look to the spine for the cause of disease. That was back in uh, 300 BC, roughly. Um, so there's, there's, there's that, you know, that we're catching up, in other words. Yeah, yeah, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you hope, right? <laughs> yeah. Eventually, baby. Well, let's go into your, your, your book, Decoding the Matrix. I absolutely love that title. How did you come up with that title? It came to me, you know, I've always heard, you know, when I got into spirituality stuff, they're all like, oh, we live in the matrix. We got to get out of the matrix. We got to escape the matrix. And I'm always like, well, what does that mean to you? And it was always, they just, it was just a phrase people were using. But, you know, when you ask them, they'd be like, oh, it's just, you know, got to get out of your controls and this. And I was just like, well, what, as I went deeper with the questions, I wasn't getting the answers I was expecting. So there came a point, I wrote my second book and I have a goal of writing a book every year. That's what my goal is. I want to write 30 books by the time I'm 62. That's just one of my visions I have. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't. But I, my goal is to work towards that. So my second book I wrote in 2019, well, I didn't do 20. I didn't do 21. Um, COVID hit and I was focusing on other things with my coaching business and helping uh, doing that. And I was like, you know what? My, I wasn't being guided and led to like, hey, it's time to write another book. At the end of 21, something kept coming to me and saying, you need to decode the matrix. This is what you got to, because I started talking about conditioning of the mind and how we're conditioned and all this different programming and why we do what we do. And uh, I started talking a lot about that. And then all of a sudden I get this, I just get this feeling coming in like decode the matrix, just decode the matrix. That's, that's the title of your book. And I'm like decoding the matrix. Okay. So then as soon as I feel like I got to write this book, then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I need to get a, I need to get a cover. I need to see it. And I have to see the visual and then I'll be good to go. And so when I started to work with the cover. I had someone doing it. I was like, it's gotta be someone who I, I, I just get these visions. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta be someone who's dark because we're all in darkness and we're trying to show who are really, really, who we really are. And that's breaking out of the matrix and the matrix just to clarify is basically the human collective consciousness. The matrix is not something bad. So like the human collective consciousness, for those who don't may not know, is just all the vibration thoughts and emotions that everyone is. And you're averaging every, all that out in humanity. And that's just what it is. It's not good or bad. It just is, you know, animals have it, planets have it, other planets and aliens, we all have it. It's always going to be there. It's just the average or we're reviving it. And so the key is you want to be average or do you want to be your unique light and your unique light, your, your potential, achieving your potential in your life, that's breaking out of it because you're going to get out of a different vibe than what everyone else is doing. And I talk a lot about in the book, how we're conditioned, how we're influenced, where does it all begin? And then how does that shape our reality and puts us into a sleep? That's why a lot of the, the Hindu practice called, you know, Maya, we're all in this, this, this illusion uh, and we're all sleeping in some way. And to me, for my studies, it's like, yeah, but we, we can have an awakened life. We can be fully. And what I mean by awaken is you're, you're living your spiritual truth. Your, your spirit is literally your soul is being, you're, you're, you're being like at a soul level, like what it is to be like as a soul. 
and you're able to express that as much as you possibly can in the physical realm. Basically, just bringing your unique self and your gifts to this world. Do you believe that reality that we perceive as our own reality is more of an illusion or a reality of sorts? So like what's real? Yes. Yeah, I love this question. So I studied this for about three years because I went through, I did something and it really opened up a whole world of stuff that I wanted to study, which was the soul life. What is it on the other side? Why do we come here? What's the evolution of the soul? Do we ever have a, do we, does our light ever dim in the sense of like we're done and that's it? And I had to really get away from the human mind of like, oh, there's levels to it of what we do. And, and I had to get more into understanding of the soul. So studying near-death experiences, studying, you know, connecting with mediums to talk to other, you know, souls on the other side, family members or people, some souls I just never met just because I wanted to have whatever I was allowed to understand or get to hear and for my experience. And um, nothing's real. The only real life is the soul life. This is just all an illusion to the sense of, it's kind of like a simulation of where we choose something and it feels real, right? We have these five senses, which are mental impulses that are just electricity flowing in the brain and mean something. And there, but I don't want to take away that the experience of this is not valuable and it's not that it's very much so that's why we come here or else we wouldn't choose to come to this university called earth to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's, there's so much immense value, but our realness is afterwards. So this, they say like, when I talked to the, um, study a lot of near death experiences, read a lot of the, their stuff or people who crossed over, they always, the word that they would always say, it's like, you're awakening from a dream. Like it's a very, like when you die, and I, I had this experience, I did some psychedelics one time, and um, uh, my fear that I had to overcome was death. And I had to real realize that you, death is not what I was taught it was. Like all that conditioning of how much we hold on death, I literally had to go through that experience. It's, it's a crazy experience uh, of, of knowing you got to let go, and you're fighting on for life. And it was just showing me that image. And then finally, I let go. And it was like, literally, you, you, it's like going to sleep. You, you go to sleep. And then you, you don't try to sleep. You don't attempt to sleep. You just sleep. When you sleep, you sleep. And it's like lights out, boom, your lights on. And it's like you're waking up and it's like a very groggy feeling. And you're just slowly waking back up. And, I, and when I had that experience and I started going through the studying of all this and talking to souls, they'll talk about that. It's like, like the bright light. It's kind of like when you that bright light that you're walking towards the light kind of a thing. But like it's not really a, a, a myth. There is, there is some truth to that because you're going back into the light world, the soul world, you know, that kind of world. And it, it's literally like you took a nap and you woke up in the middle of the deep sleep cycle and you're just very groggy and it takes you some time to wake back up. I posed a question one time to a good friend of mine about what if the world that we're living in now is actually us sleeping? And when we go to sleep and we dream, that's actually the real world. <laughs> It really and is. I'm like, what a concept. Well, you think about it this way too, like everything's vibration, right? So different dimensions and different levels. If we're vibing at this level, which is very, it's a lower vibration. We're, we're starting to rise up. And I talk about this in my book, going from homeo sapiens to homeo spiritus. We're going we're gonna to start to open that up. We're, we're at that point of, of evolution. Everything's a game. So it's like, people say, well, why now? Why didn't we do it 2,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago? And it's like, there's enough, there's a whole game to this process. Just as a soul, you chose to come at this time. Why this time? 
why at this moment in, in Earth's evolution, in humanity's evolution, did you choose this time rather than 800 years ago or 1,000 years ago? There's a reason why you came. There's an, And for my studying, just what I, and maybe this will change 10, 20 years down the road, but like I, I've had that question. Why do we come to Earth? Why do we come for this whole purpose? And I always say, I'm like, there's only two reasons that I've ever could figure out. And that is number one, the gift was needed here. Your gift, your uniqueness, your light, your energy. And the other is the experience. You to learn. You know, you had to evolve. You, you want to learn something. And I always say in the spirit realms, what I learned is that like, you can learn how to make a brownie and you can learn how to make brownies really, really well. You can study it. You can do all that. But to actually do the work, you go, you go to earth for that. You go and now you're going to go do the work and learn, you know, and, it, and it's, I love that. And I this is not my concept. This is someone I, I heard from another, from a medium was telling me that from an analogy. Cause I was like, what's the, per like, okay, I want to learn something. Why can't I learn it in the spirit world? Why do I have to come here? And they're like, well, you know, here's an example. You can, you ever try to study something and you kept studying and studying and studying it and you learned it, you understood it all. I was like, yeah. And then they're like, then what about doing the work to actually test it and see? And I was like, oh yeah. And they're like, that's why, that's why you call it a university. You call it a university all the time. It's very like that. And I was like, all right, cool. That's all right. I like that. Now I, now I can see the desire to be here. And if you study like a lot of Buddhism stuff, I study a lot of that stuff and it's fascinating. They'll talk about like, um, I don't know if it was Buddhism or please correct if I'm wrong, but it was one of the things where they talk about like in the spirit realm, and maybe it's just a spirit, someone I was communicating with, but it was like, you have to be, you have to have a desire to want to be in the soul realm, but that same desire in the soul realm to be in the physical realm. Mm -hmm. And when you can find that happy balance, when you understand that, that the essence of both the values of that, but like, that is like true enlightenment in many different, in many ways. And mm -hmm. I was like, I could start to see that now because before I used to be like, oh, why am I here? You know, I don't belong here. I don't feel like I belong here. I don't feel part of this world. I had a lot of those feelings. And now it's like, now I'm at a point in my life where it's like, oh no, I definitely belong here. I might maybe an oddball, but you know what? Though? I don't care. I, I know what my vision and purpose is now. Like I'm, I'm very in tuned with it. And it's just like, this is, I'm going to make this experience as much as exciting as I can. And I'm going to share as much as I can to leave as much as I can to the earth and also learn from my things that I need to evolve as a human being also and, and as a soul. Now, how did you come to your awakening process? Did it just happen like one, one morning you woke up and you're like, oh, I totally understand this. Or was it over time, like peeling back onions or layers or of onions? And I wish it was just waking up and just being that. No, it's, it's been a process. Um, you know, I, I was born Roman. I'm born. I was raised Roman Italian Catholic. Uh, so Catholicism was built into me mm -hmm. and uh, it was one of those things where I had questions and they weren't getting answered. Mm -hmm. And there came a point where um, I went away to school at Arizona state. And all of a sudden I just started to say, well, there's no one here who could tell me no anymore. So I'm going to start <laughs> looking at other things, right? I can, I don't have to listen to, I follow a priest and see what they have to tell me and just take that as is. Cause that's what I was told. Now I'm going to go study. So I started studying Hinduism and I started studying, um, Buddhism, a little bit of uh, uh, Judaism and other different, you know, cult religions and stuff like that. I just wanted to know what was out there and what was their message, because like one thing that just never stood right with me is if you don't see Jesus as your savior, you go to hell. And I was like, how can someone in Africa who doesn't know Jesus at all, they're deemed, they're deemed no matter what they do in their life, they're going to hell. Yeah, that's why we have to have missionaries and go out there. I was like, that makes no sense to me. I was like, I'm not trying to, for any religion out there, I, I never bash a religion. Uh, they all have their purposes. But it's one of those things I was like, it just doesn't mean truth to me. So I, I started to peel back layers and try to find truth. But it, it wasn't a smooth process. There was always something. 
uh, you know, going through that, I had to, you know, go through and understand like, here's what I was told, but I always had an inner, inner feeling that was something different. And I want to just understand the truth of everything. I wanted to get to that truth and I couldn't find it in one, but I did find it in everything, which was interesting because like I can learn from what Jesus teaches and, and some of what the Bible and the Catholicism teaches, but I could take also what Hinduism teaches and there's some truth there. And I started looking into Buddhism and Tao uh, Buddhism and other different other ones. And I was like, man, there's, I, I love what they teach, but I was never fully in, but there was pieces I can take. So I'm like, why can't I just take all the bits? And that's when I started to realize they're all sharing their part of the percentage of the truth. But if you take it all, if you just encompass it all, now you have the whole pie. And that was kind of my journey and my awakening process. But it, it started to go deeper then as I got into chiropractic school, as I started going to energy medicine and start, or just going through my spiritual aspects and really looking at what's real and how I can you know, with energy healing, how I was able to do stuff that was different than what I was being told or what I was taught. And I was like, this is fascinating. There's a whole new world here that I, I don't know. And that's kind of what always piqued my interest to learn more. But there was some definitely dark moments in the process because you're dismantling what you thought was real. And, you know, it's like, wait a minute, but that's all my life. This is what I was used to. And then finding out there's a whole new different world out there. And that, that was, a, it was a fun process. Let me tell you. How were you able to remove or let go of or release those limiting beliefs that you had from growing up as Roman Catholic? That was not an easy process. Some things just had to take time. Um, but there, there comes a point where, you know, humans are, we do, th we make change in our life after we've fallen down so many tired, so many times and we're tired, we're sick and tired of, you know, sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. And what I mean by that is, there came points in my life, like being, when I was raised Roman Italian Catholic, I was, I had to be a, a people pleaser. I had to please all the time, couldn't offend anyone. Uh, there was all these like rules and guidelines. So authority is what I had to abide to in many ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm not one that, you know, there's authority to a certain degree. I respect authority, but I won't, you know, there's, there's a certain, you know, certain layer, layer to that. And, um, but there came a lot of times where I was just hitting walls and I started to look back at my life and I was starting to see like, here we go. Here's why I was raised this way. And this was, this is coming up this way. And it's so strict, or this is what I have to do. And it's like, but why does it have to be a regiment, right? My whole life has been regiment in certain ways. And so to break away from that, it was just like trial and error, really. It wasn't like I had a certain plan. I didn't, I didn't have it figured out. Things will show up in my life. And I just get, eventually I get point of something showing up that I was just tired of it. It could have been in chiropractic office where it's like people pleasing people and I'm trying to do the best I can for them. And then they still don't appreciate it. Don't like it. And then I'm looking at my self-worth and I'm not worthy enough, right? Because in the Catholicism, you're not worthy to take the body of Christ unless you forgive all your sins. Cause you're a sinner and you're going to be, you're, you're a sinner the moment you're born. And that always fueled me in a wrong way. Cause I'm like, I'm already deemed bad. And I didn't even, I just came into this world. How is that possible? <laughs> Again, certain psychology that just didn't make sense to me, but there came a point where I was like, you know, I am valuable. I am good enough. I, I make mistakes, but that's okay. But I had to get to a point of a lot of lows and get tired of being in that low to where all of a sudden I was like, you know, where's this coming from? And that's what intrigued me about mine so much, because when I started to look back in my life, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what they used to say this. Or I was like, oh my God, that's what they said here. And then here's my mom reconditioning. My grandmother did that. And all of a sudden it's like, I see the pattern and I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. And I'm like, you know what? I am worthy. I'm good enough. I'm okay. It's okay to make a mistake. It's perfectly fine to make a mistake. I'll learn from that. I'm not perfect. That's okay. You know, but at the same token, I don't have to get someone else's approval to be okay with that. And that was huge for me. And it took a while. It wasn't like a, a, a two month process or a six. It, it took years. It was a lot of conditioning I had to break through. Um, but as I keep peeling the layers, keep peeling layers, getting closer. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm at a point now in my life where I'm like, 
I love it. I don't, I, I so much less, I'm less, I have less anxiousness. I'm, I'm a lot more freer. I make mistakes. I'm like, ah, oh, it is what it is. And if someone judges, that's on them. It's not on me. They're just a projection of their self uh, where they are. And so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a lot more freer, I must say. Why do you think that we have, I mean, struggle? Why do, why do you think struggle is even, obviously it's to experience life, but how can we overcome struggle? Let go of the resistance. That's the easiest way I can say. Resistance is what causes all struggle. You know, they always say like what you, what you resist persists. Um, there's a lot of truth in that um, because you're, you're giving, pay attention to where you're giving your energy to, right? Wherever, and energy can just be where your focus is. And so if you're focusing on that resistance or you're trying to slow something down or you don't want to have the rejection or you don't want to have this or you don't want to have that, whatever it may be, you're giving your power to that, which is giving it more. It's just like when people say, I'm going to fight cancer, right? A lot of times people say that's a whole hashtag fight cancer or there's other fancier terms they use. I always look at, I'm like, you're giving energy to cancer. How can you fight your body that it's doing it out of a need, not of a want. And then on top of that, you're, you're, when you look at cancer, it, it, there's, um, you're, you're, when you say fight, you're, you're, you're resisting what it is instead of understanding and letting go and learning from it. Why is it existing in the first place? But instead of going there, we get into the fight mode, right? That mental toughness, we get into all of that. That's why I teach a lot of entrepreneurs is like, get rid of your mental toughness because that's, that's actually holding you back. Because they're like, well, no, you have to be resilient. You got to be able to be strong to handle things. I'm like, yeah, that, that's a great characteristic to have. Trust me, you're talking to a type A driver personality. I am with you 100% on that, right? Totally there. But I will tell you, that if you keep thinking you need mental toughness and you're going to have things keep showing up in your life to prove, because your brain's going to have to do that. Ego, once you say something like, I need to have mental toughness for X, Y, Z, that's a belief, that's a code. Now, all of a sudden, the brain, the way it works, is going to say, okay, you really value that? You really believe this? Well, now I'm going to have to show this to you in the conscious world just so you can see that to validate what you believe. So you're creating this whole cycle of that. I always say that... Um... When you ask the angels for help, if you're, if you're telling the world, I, I need money, they're going to give you more, more reasons to need money because that's what you're asking for. So they're there to help you. It's just, and that's the thing. It's, it's always that, you know, wherever you're, and that's, I think like law of attraction, people say it doesn't work. And I'm always like, you're just like when I want something, right? Oh, I want this, or I want that. If you really think about the word want, when you use it, do, do you use want when you're, when you look at something you don't have? Let's say, for example, the neighbor next door buys a beautiful new luxury car, right? And you can afford the luxury car and you look and you're like, or let's say you can't, it doesn't matter either. Or. And you look and you go, oh, I want that. That's nice. I like that. Well, why all of a sudden are you interested in that? You looked and saw, wait, I don't have that. So the word want, you're always looking, it only comes from what you're lacking. And this was one of the just simple principles like that can change the whole thing. Instead, choose, choose what you want to have or choose what you want to experience. Sorry, because that's going to be, then you're coming from a place of power. It's like, Hey, I, I'm in the universal catalog. I like that. That's what I choose to have that. That's a cool, I want to have that experience, right? You're just choosing. There's no lack. There's no, nothing like that. But, you know, even thinking like when you say, I, I need money, it's always like we're looking outside ourselves. And that's just something we do as humans so much. And it's, oh, yeah. we need to learn to take, we, we don't realize, like a lot of the work I do is just helping people take their power back. Like literally mm -hmm. stop putting your power out there, and bring it here. And it's so hard to unwire people that way. 
I have clients I work with sometimes and, and it's, I love when they finally get it and they're like, oh my God, I've been doing this for so long. I can't believe this. And I'm like, <laughs> you're starting to see the big picture now. And they're just like, yeah, holy cow. Like I get what you're saying now. And it's like, I know what I teach is not, you're not going to get overnight. <laughs> it's going to take a process. It's funny because what you just said, I actually just posted on Facebook the other day because I heard, I was listening to a video for, that Wayne Dyer had done on manifesting and he said, manifesting is not attracting what you want, but what you are. And I'm like, oh, score. That's perfect. I love it. And it's so true. I mean, you only, you, again, if, if the law of vibration is really true, then you only attract what you are. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I love Wayne Dyer. He's shifted my life in so many ways. And then, then you look at you look at your life, and you're like, okay, well, what is it that I have going on right now? That is what I am. So, what is it that I need to shift in order to be that is what I am? Totally. That makes sense. <laughs> oh no, it, it is because you're just changing your vibe, right? Because yeah. again, if you know, you know, like attracts like, so it's just one of those things where. You shift your vibe and then all of a sudden everything else shifts. It's just amazing. I've seen it in my life and I've seen what it has done for me. And it was crazy because it was not like I was all the doer, right? Do, 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 all these different things. Everything I was told, okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And, and then all of a sudden I was like, no, there's got to be a different way. And if I'm the creator of my life, if this is all true, and my mom used to tell me, if you put your mind to it, anything's possible. So I'm like, if all these things are true, then I'm going to hold that as a truth. Believe it in myself, knowing that that's true. And I'm going to dictate what success means. I'm going to dictate what a successful chiropractor looks like. I'm going to dictate what my, I'm going to say, this is what I'm choosing to experience. This is what I want to choose for my life. And it was fascinating because it happened. It, it was the craziest thing. And now I'm, I, I have the honor to help people do that. And it's when they get to that point, it's just amazing how their whole life shifts from something that they're like, oh my God, I didn't have to do as much. I, I, why did I get, like, I love when they're like, I can't believe how much I'm giving my power away. And I just look and I smile from ear to ear. And I'm just like, this is where I wanted to get you to. This is awesome. Now we are, we're in a creative process. That is amazing. So how can people work with you? You can find, you know, I, I do coaching. I have online classes. Um, so I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, mainly for business and entrepreneurs. Um, and so that you can go online. There's a, we can go to my website. There's a, a you can set up a free uh, online, uh, online uh, coaching call where it's just, we jump on the phone for 30 minutes and I'll give you, I'll listen to where you are. What are your challenges? I'll give you a little bit of advice, you know, a couple steps just to move forward. So you're not, you know, wasting your time and all that. And then uh, I'll share, if I can help you, I'll share what I do and what I can do to help uh, the individual uh, achieve whatever that may be. Most of the time people come to me because they want to uh, they're tired of the grind and hustle. Some people come to me because they just want to create the dream life and they want to be more fulfilled in some way, shape or form. Uh, because a lot of times business owners were, they focus more on the money in the business and they lose out on other attributes of their life, like relationships, or it could be their health or all the above. And my, my whole purpose is, is when I'm working with someone is holistically bringing them up. And it, it just comes back from my philosophy in chiropractic, you know, chiropractic, when we do something, it's not a treatment base, it's bringing the whole person back. And so taking that philosophy, I've done it in coaching where my whole purpose is just to help the individual in every aspect so they can raise up their whole entire life. I love that. Bringing the whole person back. Hmm. Transformation. 
that's that's what I teach. And I tell people all the time, like when we truly get to this point, when we really get to the bread and butter of this work, and it takes time, it's different for everybody. I go, you're transformed. And when, what I mean by transformed is it's, it's, I always love the image of a, a caterpillar and then a butterfly, you know, that butterfly can never go back to that caterpillar. No matter what you do, it, it can't. That's, mm-hmm. that's what the goal is of what I'm working with clients is trying to get them to that point to, and then continue that process and then show them how they can do that. And then, you know, and, and be able to help them really realize that because we're living in a society today where our light needs to shine more. And that's just a, you know, coin on term. What does that mean? And I share, I kind of used to say that all the time. And now I'm kind of saying, we need your gifts. We need your gifts. When you look at the poly exclusion principle, it's a quantum mechanics statement that states that there's no two things in the entire universe that are the same, nothing. Soul, your humans and value. There will never be another human like you in the entirety of this existence of what we call being, having a human being experience. There'll never be another one. So when you understand how unique you are, I always tell people, if you really grasp that, you'll never have a self-worth issue again. You'll never not to be able to see your value. But a lot of times, especially in social media and the days, we compare a lot, you know, and we look at different things. And I know I did. And it's one of those things where we're always in a comparing of where we are to others. And I'm always like, forget the ladder, forget this. And I'll never forget this statement by Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know if you know about Jerry Seinfeld. He is the richest comedian in the world, the most net worth, everything. I love Jerry Seinfeld. I love his uh, Seinfeld and all that good stuff. But he, he got asked a question and I didn't know this. I don't know if it was Eddie Murphy who asked him this on his show, Having a Coffee with Comedians, but long story, she said, why didn't he goes, why didn't you ever take an award? And I was with my wife and I'm like, wait, this guy, he's got to have at least hundreds of awards. I mean, he's number one, you know, and he's, and all of a sudden he's like, cause I know you never have accepted any award ever given to you. And he said something so profound that it changed my whole life. And that was, he goes, I don't take an award because that doesn't mean anything. The award is doing what I do every day. The award is getting up every morning and be able to write jokes. Cause every day he writes jokes and he's like, that's the award. And I looked at that and I'm like, that's it. I will never accept another award again, no matter what comes my way. I was like, because the award is doing what I do every single day. And I lost the train of point of why I shared that story. <laughs> I, I totally, I, well, you know why you share that short story is because I just got chills as you were saying that. That is perfect. I love okay. it. Good. Yeah. I, I knew they had to come up for some reason. I'm like, I know I had that for a reason, but whatever reason it is, someone needed And I'm to sure hear. everybody else got chills as well because that, I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect. I mean, it, but it's it just, and it should, and just to share a backstory really quick, real short one, it's just that when I came out again, I had a self worth issue, right? So I had low value of myself and so forth. So what did I do? I needed awards to validate my worth as a chiropractor and being someone who's really good at what they do instead of trusting myself. So what happened though? Since I said that was my value system and I believe that's what I needed to show proof. And, you know, when I was 29 years old, I was considered one of the uh, a worldwide, worldwide leading physician by the International Association of Chiropractors. From 30 to 32, I started winning awards where we were the best chiropractic office in our town. Uh, I was the best chiropractor of my town for like four years straight. You know, I was business leader of the year in 2015. The Chamber of Commerce that I worked at was like, we never gave it to someone who's only been in business for five years ever. This is like a really respected award. Be very like, look at the people who've won. It was like 2015 to 25 years, sometimes 10 years. And here I am at five years getting it. So yeah, great. I was best under 40, you know, a couple of times when, you know, so I had the rewards, but the last one, here's what happened. I said, I would never accept another award. And I get a phone call the next day. And it was that last award I got. And I just said, great, we're going to go. This is exciting. It's only 12 people out of 20 something communities. And I was considered one of the profession. It's not even like a chiropractic based one. It was just people in communities, you know, who are considered very successful, successful in helping out in their community. 
And uh, so long story short, that was what I validated myself to be successful. And that, the last reward is the time where I made the change where I was like, no more. I'm going to, the awards don't mean nothing to me. I'm the one who's valuable in what I do. I have a gift and I'm sharing and I'm going to share chiropractic in my way to what I believe is deemable and valuable to help people live the best life that they possibly can. And as soon as I shifted that gear, my, again, and focused on that being the word, my whole life changed. I mean, less stress, less burnout, more fulfilled, every aspect of my life improved. And, and this is no woo-woo stuff. It's one of the, or saying just blowing hot, hot air. It, it literally did. I mean, it was amazing how really just take my focus outside and really look at my value inside and then just appreciate the moment every day, every time I'm serving, every time I'm taking care of a patient or working with someone, it's just, this is the blessing and the award I get to do every day. And it was just a whole different humbling experience. And it's, and I continue that to this day, even with clients, if it's a new client potential, or if it's a client I'm working on, it's just like, man, this is why I do what I do. This is why I study so much. This is what, this is the, this is where I can put it to work right here. So your website, empoweringyourreality.com. Yeah, it's empoweringyourreality.com. You can find everything there, coaching there. My podcast is on there. I got some free resources. You'll see a little tab up there on there. Uh, and uh, yeah, any questions or anything, you can find me on all my social media handles are on the bottom of my website on the bottom left. And uh, you know, yeah, any questions you can DM me on social media. I do list, read my messages and respond to. So um, it's always a joy to when people bring up some, Hey, you did that video. What does that mean? And I'd be like, yeah, here, this is, this is what it explains. Or here's a podcast I did on it. Or here's a, here's a blog article I did here. Love it. Well, I will make sure that's all in the show notes and also in my blog that I post about my commentary on this show, which is going to be phenomenal. I have a feeling. So this is I'm excited podcast. Yes. So one last question for you. If you had an hour to spend talking with someone in your favorite park bench somewhere, whether that person be on this side of the veil or the other, who would that person be? And what would you talk about? So many I'm thinking of. You can only pick one. I know that's the thing. I can only pick one. And it's like, you know, I don't know why this, you know, this is my Jesus, favorite Jesus is right, right now. It'll be Jesus. Okay. Just from, uh, just from his life, what I've studied, at least from his life, not from the Christianity or Catholic, the other stuff that I've, I've looked into from like, uh, the Hindu scriptures and so forth of how he went to the East and studied. And, uh, it's funny how his parables are very similar to Hindu parables and the scriptures and all that. Mm. Um, to what he went through in his life and, and, and that, that deeper, that deeper, I don't know why Jesus is coming to me. I would have never chose Jesus, but I, I, I'm, it's coming to me today. I love it. I love it. I would love to talk with Jesus as well. <laughs> and just what he went through, you know, I mean, because you look at like one of my shaman, uh, shaman friend of mine, he, we talk a lot about this stuff, but initiations that they used to do back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, like they would do so many, like you take this psychedelic and you, you're going to go through a journey process and you're going to go through the jungle and through the alligator and you got it. You're going to, you, hopefully you're going to be able to connect and see let spirit guide you to get through it if you don't well we'll see you in the next lifetime funny stuff like that or they did a lot of the stuff where they put you in a tomb and lock you in with no air and you had to figure out how to slow your breathing and control your body to come out and that's how they figured you were being spiritually awakened well that's what a lot of some there's some theories out there that said that's what jesus went through like it was part of there was there was a collective group around there that did those kind of things but even if he did or didn't i'm not saying he did but it's just i would love to know like how did you do that what, what was your secret and how you did that and how did you carry if you did carry on your life afterwards was there some there's some threads that show potential there i was like how did you pull that how, how'd that work you know that's my more curiosity with them i love it well dr vic 
Thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of Butterfly Kisses. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I appreciate all of your wisdom and knowledge on the law of attraction and decoding the matrix. I can't wait to read the book. I have it and it's going to be fabulous, I'm sure. Awesome. No, I thank you. And thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Your light is needed very much. And uh, it's helping make this shift in the world that we are. Uh, it's happening. It's just, uh, it's a fun process and how it's, it's going, but it's, I appreciate you being a part of it. Thank you very much. I enjoy being able to get to do this every day. This is my joy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time. See ya.